0: Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean?
1: You know, Jeff, I am pulling on a kumquat-flavored vape pen while you are wearing your nogahide boat shoes and wearing your 40-year-old vintage concert T-shirt. Life is fantastic right now.
0: (laughs) It is fantastic. Uh, Know what I got in the mail this week? Hopefully hopefully, anthrax, but <laughs> No, I didn't get anthrax. I got my passes for PNC. Oh, okay. That's not fair. Yeah. I am able to go to every what concert. What do they look and, like? Are they laminates? They are laminates. I can go to every concert. I got walking <laughs> passes. I'm good to go for this summer. All right. Also, Whatever shows you don't want to go to, I'm just going to borrow your passes. Oh, you can do that. Also, this week we announced the opening starting June 16th. Of mm-hmm. Laughing Stock Comedy Club. Yes, uh, I'm very uh, excited for you. Just outside Hershey, Pennsylvania.
1: Granville, uh, Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, Grantville, Pennsylvania. Uh opening weekend. Richie Byrne, Harris Stanton. Uh upcoming weeks, we got Zach Amico and Mike Kaplan for Comic Con uh coming up. So this is gonna be a, a really interesting summer. And we're starting to get reservations.
1: That's pretty cool. Well, that's important because you need to pay the
0: comics. That, that's good. And that's and we're Two weeks out, so that's always a good sign. But that's enough of us. Let I, I want to get to this guest today because he's an interesting guy. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a little bit. Um, one of the hottest, really, I mean, TV shows come and go, and it comes without a lot of fanfare. And, you know, they get hot for a, a day, and then it gets lost in the cycle. This one had buzz before it even happened, and then – it is. It's really one of those rare shows that have lived up to the hype. Everybody, I have not heard someone say, you know, this show sucked, or you know, it, it, they made so much of it, so disappointed. Didn't hear one negative comment about it. And this guy's got a great story. He is one of the stars of Buckus. That's the yes, new. Um, yeah, that's the new Pete Davidson vehicle. But this guy's going to be the breakout star from it. And we welcome to the show James D. Simone. How are you, James? Thank you, I'm great. Thank you guys. This is crazy, man. This is crazy. It's crazy. It's a small world. Um, Let me ask you something. On on the set of Buckus, did you get uh, cups? No, I didn't get no cups. You got a cup? Yeah, no cups. When you when you do like major feature films like The Irishman, you know Scorsese, you get (laughs) cups. I
2: love it. I love it. You know, it was crazy. I was watching The Irishman, and I was with my mother, and my mother was like, "Hey, there's Jeff." And uh, she was showing me uh, you, and then she was showing me uh, my father's friend is in that too. He was playing one of the policemen. I'm like, this is crazy. This is and, such a small world. And by the
1: time the movie was done, she was a grandmother.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I was saying that this movie's way too long, man. Way too yeah, long. Certain scenes,
1: especially,
0: they should have made that a <laughs> miniseries.
2: That's what I was thinking. I was saying that actually. I was like, it would be better if you cut this a little bit, so you know, you get a little break and go. Okay, you could comprehend everything because three hours or two hours and whatever minutes you're no, no, it, is, it is three hours, 40 minutes. There you go. Three hours, 40 minutes. That's it's hard. Like, and I love stuff like that, man. I love like the mafia movies and the old tales of back in the day. And it's like to have that so long though, and sit stale sometimes you're like, Oh man, I wish it was just a little bit shorter. Or like you said, a mini series, break it down.
0: People don't have the stamina. To watch long movies, just like with music, you know, yeah. Maiden, my favorite band, during the pandemic, came out with a double album. People don't have the stamina to listen to a single album anymore, let alone a double album. So yeah. it was kind of like a misread in the market on, on that point. But the story with The Irishman was so deep and so involved, you know, and especially the character, Frank Sheeran, and how he becomes the person he is. That could have been easy and eight parter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. But I'm very about, grateful that it wasn't, though. Did you read? George, did you, honestly, did you ever read the book? No. Uh, it's a great book. I okay. heard the paint <laughs> houses is, is a great, great book. Um, I will take the word for it, and it re, it really does tell the story. And then it's the theory. You know, it's he's not saying it's fact, but it's the theory on what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. And I think there are aspects of it that were real, and I think there are aspects of it that you know, you know, maybe I, I don't know if I I buy the whole thing.
1: Did I ever right. tell you that my cousin was on a documentary about the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa because he was kind of connected to it? How was he connected? Or, to or, it or rumored to be connected to it. No. Yeah, he's like his whole like his actual picture and like my mom called me in the room was like, "Hey, come in here, come in here," and I'm like, she's like, "Your uncle, your cousin Tommy's on on television." And I'm like, "Oh, what wow. is that?" And it was a uh, yeah, he was like they were like low level like you yeah. know. Not like captains and shit like that, but they were like low-level people, and his name was involved a couple times and uh, with with his appearance. We should do a reenactment of the uh, of Jimmy Hoffa, and you should play Hoffa. Um, <laughs> you should play Arba Dwyer
0: <laughs> right now. But <laughs> so, J- James, so tell us your story, man. Like you, this I, I looked you up on IMDb. Yes, this is your first acting credit yeah this is my what the hell man how how does a guy okay and also james i know has a good heart okay now i know you have a good heart because you know there's a couple things that one biggest premiere uh, the the biggest thing in your life you bring your mom to it which i thought was beautiful and then still you work with animals okay so how does a guy who works with animals who who bounced around a little bit how do you land a real? that's the dream of everybody how do you yeah. land a reoccurring role on one of the hottest uh, series that's out there? So it's it's kind of a short story, but a long story at the same time.
2: So for years, like I was saying before to Sean, I know Pete from like freshman year of high school. So I'd say, what, 13 years. Which high years, school did you guys go to? St. Joseph by the Sea. Okay, that was the first one he was at. That's and then right. He went to, yeah. So when I met him there, I met him through a couple of mutual friends.
0: And what kind of guy is he back then? And, and how do you guys meet?
2: okay so I'm in a backyard of my friend Steve's house and we're hanging out we're smoking we're kicking it we're talking and Pete shows up and we know him from the Looney bin because you know we're a fan of comedy and comedians and just growing up around Los that's what we love so to he's live. about
0: 14 years old at this time
2: he's about 16 at this time I'd say we're 15 16 at this time okay well I'm I'm probably around 15 he's 16. Okay. um and then he comes in the backyard we're all hanging out and we just like when we first met it was like we were all talking and we just clicked it was kind of like yeah he's a homie like that's my g like you hear in the comedy series Buck is like i talk like that that's my g you know what i mean so we we uh we hang out and it just grows into a friendship and we started i was doing music back then so
0: Were you you a rapper, producer? Yeah,
2: I was doing little rap things, but I was also like producing beats with a lot of my friends. And, you know, he got a kick out of it and we would all hang out and just make like funny tracks. And it was never really something to get a platform, but it was fun. And that's what we really bonded over, like videoing and little skits and music. So then let's fast forward to like COVID. And right before COVID, he was doing a tour. And we've been, you know, in touch the whole time. And he was like, hey, you want to come on a few dates and like, you know, see what's going on? And I was like, yeah, Why? 100%. Why? Just to hang out. Just to
0: hang out. So, so he's like a, right he's already on point. Saturday Night Live at this point.
2: Yeah, he. this is fast forward. He's on Saturday Night Live. Okay, so he, he, he's,
0: a, he's, a, he's a star at this point.
2: He's a star. And we've been hanging out the whole time. He's not like that. He's not like one of the guys where he's like, Oh, I'm on TV. I can't hang out with you. It was more like we met at 15, and we've been in touch since 15 years
0: now old. Now the, re- the now the reason why I'm, I'm trying to ask and get like some of this like minutia down because the thing I know about Pete is he's a very guarded person, and yes. you know, and he doesn't just like willy nilly let people into his circle. And if he kind of feels like you crossed them, he can cut you out pretty quick. Yes, okay? sir. Yes, but sir. But it, but it 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 seems like you have like. A genuine, a genuine. And you first of all, you see it on screen, but yeah. you know, even but even off screen, on so, screen. So now he asks you to come on the tour, and you're like, "What? what you have nothing going on." So you, you're yeah, I'm like, "Yeah," I said, "A hundred
2: percent." Like, I want to come hang out. You know, he invited his mother. I know his mother, his sister. You know, all the friends and all the comedian friends. Derek Gaines was there. Nico White, uh Ricky Velez, Julio. I'm gonna butcher his last name. Julio Galarotti. There you go. I yeah. love that guy. Um, and a couple other comedians, if I'm forgetting them, I'm sorry. I believe Jordan Rock, um, a lot of good guys that I met there. And they were a part of the friend group too. So I kind of got closer to them over the time.
0: But you're um, not a comedian.
2: No, I'm not. I'm not a comedian. Um, I don't and like You to want nothing to do with
0: doing stand up?
2: No. Um, I feel like this I love stand up comedy, but I don't want to say since I was on TV, I can do it because stand-up comedy is a very different art form than acting. Now, I don't ever want to disrespect comedians and come into this game going, oh, I'm the shit, I'm a comedian, I'm a stand-up comedian, because I'm damn well not. I would love to try it maybe one day, you know, for shits and giggles, but I know my lane, and I kind of want to stick to my lane, where, okay, I come in, I read a script, um, there's cameras on me, I have time to practice, and... I go into character and boom, that's me. You know, comedians have this art form where it's so magical, where they could switch things up on you and make you laugh from anything. And I feel like that's a gift that I would have to work on to ever call myself a stand-up comedian. Because what I see from John Mulaney to Pete Davidson to Ricky Velez to Derek Gaines, all these guys, like they're magical. There's something about that art form that... I feel like it's better for me to watch than actually do. I want See, to.
1: Jeff, you, should, you should take some. You should take some advice. I mean, you being an actor as well, being in The Irishman. I don't think you should try comedy anymore. <laughs> no. think, it's not working for me. It's it's, okay. it's a great. It, you know, he's a y- younger than us, but he gives great advice. And honestly, <laughs> it's the right thing to do, Jeff.
0: Okay, I had to like. In- interject that shitty comment into what he, he, he's he's saying something like really <laughs> profound i'm really interested in what he has to say and you have to come in with, with your fucking dumb hack uh we, which we heard a million times analysis of it. It, which means nothing okay so um so, so now you're on the tour with him you're not a comedian what are you doing uh are you bored what do you do no so it was more like just
2: time alone with someone who you've grown with and to see them on this type of level uh to admire it to soak it in and to really learn from the experience of how it feels to be away from family friends Mm. and be in the moment and have to still be professional yet funny and be open to all different types of people you know i would see behind the scenes and you know some days you do wake up and you're very tired and you're like wow i gotta go do this whole day and you watch him do this and how professional and how pure and happy he is. It's incredible. And that's what I learned from it saying, you know what, I'm going to soak every moment in. And I learned from that on hard work and consistency and putting yourself with the right people in the right places at the right time is everything. You know, there's this quote from Marlon Brando that I was reading. Uh, My mother actually sent it over to me and he was just saying, it's what I practically said. It's about being in the right place, right time with those right people making an impression so I guess through my life and through my friendship with Pete I don't know you would have to speak to him but I guess I've left impressions on him to where he wanted the world to see it because fast forward from the tour COVID hit and everything ended pretty much and I was over his house like his house was like home base so you know during who's hanging out at the, the house just me and him at this point now can so... I ask you
0: this are you like a confidant to um to him, are you yeah, like, and, a, like you know does, does he like the other guys are all comedians? You're not, yeah. so they yeah. so he knows you want nothing to do with stand up. So does he kind of confide in you and like you know will kind of like you know use you as a sounding board or you know kind of like confide in you and you yeah? Know, I would say you're a pretty smart kid.
2: Yeah, I would say honestly, it's it's very friendship like. So like when I come over, he knows there's no pressure. And it's more like, hey, we're friends, like, let's play some Madden, let's smoke and let's just talk and kick the shit or, hey, let's watch the game or, hey, what are you writing? And then he'll be like, hey, I'm writing this and, you know, I'll laugh. And he's like, yeah, you like that one? Like, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, you could kind of say that, like, we're just really, really great friends. And and it's weird to see how surreal it all became on how he was like. So let me get back to the story. Sorry to cut it off. Um, We're. We're hanging out in COVID. Everything's HQ. It's just me and him. And, you know, Dave Cyrus would visit a lot, the writer from uh, right. uh, Um Judah Miller passed by, writer from Bup-Kiss. Um, I think it's James DeMonico,
0: the man, the director James? of Urge. Okay. So, James DeMonico, he, he's a little older guy. Yes. Okay. So, just so I can interject something here. Yeah. Talk of about a small world, James, right? right? So, for years, I used to go on tour with bands and do stuff. Okay. One of the things that we did was um, the Grammys and pre-Grammy Grammy party. Um, okay. Working those things with me it was me, Kevin Fox, who want who is now one of the producers of um, uh, what's that SUV? What's that so called SUV? Um, the crime show you talking about? Yeah, yeah. the SVU, yeah. You- SVU. Yes, <laughs> I've <SUV>. never watched. <laughs> I've never watched one episode of it. Okay, this guy wrote that. He wrote the negotiator. Um, and so he was, he worked with us and James, uh, the, the Monaco. Okay. Wow. Now I, I'd, I'd be, you know, writing like comedy and, you know, and we all be talking and those two guys were like, they would be like writing scripts. Yeah. They became wildly successful. Okay. And I am doing shows in the fucking Poconos on a Saturday night. Okay. Hey man, the grind never stops, dude. Like- right
2: you gotta tell, I I tell people, you know, it's, it's pure hard work and pure luck and being in the right place at the right time. Like when COVID hit, it was so tremendous of a change in life, but it also changed mine at the same time, because that's when, you know, speaking of James and everyone, everyone would come by and visit and scripts were being written. Like they were writing scripts and they were like, okay, you know, that's cool. And then, one day I was hanging out with Pete and he was like, hey, man, I'm writing this thing and I'm adding the friends in it because these characters are just too funny to not bring to life. And he was like, you know, I'm going to write one about you and I'm just letting you know if it's a movie or a show, like if you want to audition whenever I say it, you know, I, I'll call you and we'll get everything set. I said,
0: OK, I promise you when he's an audition. He's not promising. All he's you
2: promising me at the time is an audition, but I'm writing a character after you. He's like, this is Krell's because they call me krills that was my nickname my whole life they, what does that krills. mean krills in and uh, also like in real life people call krills crack it has nothing to do with that it's more like people would say i'm krilled so like i'm i'm so high i'm krills so it's like you're just wrecked man they would call me that from years there you go so yeah. sean gets it but sean's krills <laughs>
0: so, yeah he is on, sean's <laughs> more like grills but go on <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> I love
1: it. Wouldn't it suck uh, if you had to audition to play yourself and somebody else played you better than you played yourself?
2: Hey, you know what? It it happens. And I was honestly thinking that I was going, Hey, I'm probably going to go up against, you know, some A-listers. You did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to, I had to really just bring my A-game because I figured when he wrote the role and him and Dave and Judah, they really honed in on, little things that i would do in real life they just heightened eyes. like you know they really they broaden it but they would find little things like the my g or the certain jokes that were said or different things like the loyalty you see between my character and pete and how the character gilly portrays him uh, shane gillis and i stick up for him and i'm like hey you don't do that like these things were taken from real life and just heightened but they really wrote it so perfectly that it was kind of easy for me to kind of take the role on and go, okay, I can be myself with it. Okay. I got to be a little more crazier, but that's easy. You just act that in. But the basis of it was really me and it felt comfortable. And I believe they seen that um, the casting director, Allison Estrin, uh, she's an amazing woman. And she really, during the first audition, she was like, Hey, I really want you to come back and, you know, do something else. I said, yeah, a hundred percent. And I came back, I think it was the week or two weeks after. And we did it in person again. And she was blown away. And she called me back. She goes, Hey, can you do it for me a third time? And the third time I was in a room, in a very small room, you have a camera on you and you have Judah, Jason Orley and um, Dave Cyrus. And Are you nervous? Alex of course of course i'm nervous listen there's no one in the world if you're not nervous you're dead at that point when in the room with those types of people so you know i just put it all behind me and kind of focused on the job at hand and you know memorize what i had to and put feeling to where i had is this to put the first feeling. time you
0: ever auditioned for anything
2: uh yes yes first time first time auditioning for something this big yeah
0: and I'm, gonna, awesome. I'm gonna talk about like something at C, some some, some dopey play at C. okay no. so you go for the third edition and that's the last one and how do they let you know that you got the role
2: so uh a good friend uh also uh i believe uh pete's pete's friend and um like manager slash assistant i don't know what his um job title is i'm sorry for messing it up but uh he called me al his name is he called me up and he was like hey um there's a email going to be sent over to you. I just need you to sign something. So they didn't really even say like, hey, you have the gig. They were like playing with me at first. And he sent over a thing and it said, uh, you know, I'll contract with Bupkis. And I said, oh, my guy called him the second after. I was I was in tears. I was like, I got the role. And he's like, you got the part. Tell your job. Like, because so I work at a vet office. He goes, tell your job. You need three to four months off. And I just freaked out. I called my mother and told my girlfriend. And I was like, yo, we're we're on TV, baby. Let's go. Like, it's time to go. And it, it was it's really an amazing, amazing thing to think about, because I can't really live in that moment when it happened at the time, because it just was so like, surreal. Yep. Just thinking back on it, it's like, the emotions were so high. I finally felt like, you know, this is a very big moment for me, but also a huge moment for anyone who comes from where I come from and doesn't believe in themselves. But sees that they can do it because instead of listening to the outside world for their whole life, they woke up and said, no, it's time to be a little selfish and take control of my situation and put myself out there. Because for years, I was always the guy sitting in his place going, no, I don't think I should be out there. Let other people have it. And then I said, you know what? I kind of enjoyed this, though. I want to do this. So why am I sitting back and just watching? Why can't I be part of it? And Pete really gave me that opportunity, which I can't thank him enough for. I tell him every day of his life, like, I love him. And I'm like, thank you so much. He gets annoyed probably by how many times I thank him. But it's just changed my life. And I can't wait to show the world more. I'm, I'm not done yet, man. I just started. So everyone sees me on TV now and they're like, oh, my God, you made it. It's like in my eyes, no, I didn't make anything. This is just my foot in the door. So it's time to roll with it and run with you it for it. Do you get like, recognized? I got recognized twice, man, twice. And both times were in the gym, and they both were older ladies. I don't know why older ladies just found me quicker, but everyone else like just walked by. They wouldn't even know it was me. You know, there's people around that I've been getting uh, love to on the from on the island uh, that I haven't spoken to in years. And they're like, oh my God, i seen you. So it was kind of cool because I didn't tell anyone what was going on. Like I didn't even tell my job how serious it was. They thought oh, like, oh, James, you have, like, one scene or something. I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. And then, you know, it came out, and they're freaked out. They're like, oh, my God, you're in six
0: episodes. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. I didn't say a word. So it's the first day that you're going down there. And I I remember, like, what a feeling that – because I remember I I had to go – I wound up doing two weeks of filming on on that movie, right? And for me, it was the biggest thing, because Scorsese is my favorite director, okay? In my family – Pacino and the Godfather. We watch it. I think every, anytime it's on, it's an automatic drop the remote. We'll watch the whole thing. You know, Goodfellas is my favorite movie. So De Niro and I'm, I'm, I'm driving in and I'm going to, that day I'm going to do a scene with Pacino be directed by De Niro. I'm driving in, I'm listening to the radio and Mike Cannon was on and somebody else, and like these are two guys I know from comedy. I'm like, <laughs> like, and like you were saying, it's so surreal. It like you like like I can't believe this is like my life. You know, because yeah. I didn't think that would ever happen to me. You know, j- just just the opportunity to to be on the set. You know, be to, to, alone. You know, to be able to work alongside these guys, and just the opportunity alone is
2: incredible.
0: But for you, it's the first. So now your first day on the set, you don't feel overwhelmed, and you're working with. Some major people. You you're there with uh. You did lines, I think, with Pesci, right?
2: Yeah, I have a I have a whole scene. With Pesci okay, now you're gosh. you're
0: so if you're from Staten Island and you're Italian and you don't yes, and, and you and you're and you're not like in aura Pesci, okay. I was, how many I times did you see Goodfellas? Okay, oh. or my cousin Vinny. and now oh you're now now worlds are colliding. You guys are this. How is that for you?
2: Um the best word I could use is a couple words I could use surreal legendary overwhelming um everything I expected in him he gave me without realizing um so when I first when I first met Pesci it wasn't the first day uh on set for me um I met Pesci I believe my third day on set
0: um but when I like first he comes met- in and you're like you can't believe this is Joe Pesci, right
2: so it's kind of a funny story. When he first came in, I was in uh, Pete's trailer and uh, we were just kicking the shit and Pete gets a call and he's like, hey, man, you got to come outside real quick with me. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's go outside, whatever. And we go outside and there's this older gentleman standing there with a fedora on smoking a cigarette and his back is to me. And, you know, short guy about my mother's height. I'm like, oh, it's an Italian guy, probably smoking a cigarette. I don't know who it <laughs> is. It's from the back. I'm like, all right. So. Pete's walking towards this guy. So I'm walking with Pete. And then all of a sudden he turns around and goes, Hey, Peter. And it's Joe Pesci. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like it just all hit me. And I was like, wow. Like looking at him and you know, I introduced myself. Obviously I met him. I like once, but the table read, but you don't really get to talk to each other when you're at a table read. It's more like, okay, this is the lines. This is the scenes we're going over. So to really like shake his hand and say, Hey man, it's an honor to meet you and, I can't wait to work with you. And, you know, for him to respond and just make you laugh and go, yeah, it's definitely an honor. It just makes you laugh. And you're just like, wow, like it is Pesci, everything you thought. And he's a really good man though. I got to say, there's nothing but good things I can say about Pesci. He's hilarious. Um, He could come to family dinner anytime and just kill it, man. Kill it. He's amazing. Um, He, when I met him was sick and Edie Falco, Oh my god I were you a, I were fanboyed. you a super pranos fan? Yeah I fanboyed a little of uh, Edie. Edie knows that that I, I I love her work and she's cool she's a she's really good at jokes she could be a stand-up comedian I said it before she's quick man like we'll be hanging out in in the back waiting when we're on set you know how like you gotta wait sometimes they gotta that's, fix certain things That's
0: the biggest thing you know we got to change this lens 25 minutes 45 minutes exactly and what, are you, what are you doing?
2: man and people really doesn't don't realize how it is behind the scenes because you see these incredible shows like i watch these movies and stuff and i go i know what happens behind the scenes and how the hell is that person crying when i bet you they were just having a coffee smoking a cigarette two minutes ago like you see the how incredible certain actors and actresses really are because you're like dude two minutes ago you were not in that mood you had someone touching your face with makeup you know, fixing your outfit, going, Hey, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready. You know, like just everyone in your ear and lights and cameras on you and how they can make
0: those words like magical off the page. That's what I'm saying.
2: Like, that's another thing that, uh, really blew me away with these actors and actresses, like from Pete to Edie to Joe to Una Roche to Derek Gaines, to Dave Cyrus, to Shane Gillis, to Brad Garrett, to
0: John Mulaney, uh, Keenan Thompson, all these people. You're naming live- legends here. And 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 now and you got and now we're throwing in James D. Simone, and you're not intimidated by this? No, sir. I I'm just I loved it. It was it felt
2: it felt at home. It's the weirdest experience and the weirdest thing to say to someone, but it felt comfortable. It felt easy, like not in a sense of, oh, this is easy work, more of the sense of a calmness came over me, where it was like let's do this and let's make this legendary because look at these people you're with. Like Mm -hmm. you have to put your a game on. There's no time to second guess yourself. There's no time at that moment to go, Oh my God, this is that person and put yourself in shock. It was more like autopilot. It was like, I have to know my lines. I have to react a certain way. I can't act like I'm reading off of a page. I have to make this come to life. Who did you run lines with? uh, My girlfriend, Pete Davidson, um, my mother, (laughs) Um, sometimes me. And if I could give some advice to other actors, try not to look in the mirror when you're doing it because it really did hurt when you looked in the mirror because you couldn't really put everything out there because you're looking at yourself and going, what the hell are you doing? So I kind of did it where I was in my trailer and I would say a line. And if I didn't like it, I would say it a different way. And then, you know, Derek Gaines actually would come in my trailer and there was a lot of times he was teaching me. He was like, "Okay, you could say this line, but then have a beat before you say that certain sentence. Like, take a second. Don't rush that line. Let people feel that certain thing you're saying. Then come back at them with this. And he really showed me how to weave through the comedy and because comedy is, like I said, an art form and stand up comedians are the best at it and to take advice from these guys that where they're showing me reading a page and saying it a certain way and making it feel totally amazing and different from what i was doing and then saying hey try it this way and i did it that way just to learn like the whole experience was a learning experience for me and it felt amazing because people really opened up and you don't expect that in the entertainment industry but these guys opened up and where they were like hey like You want to be a legend. You want to do it, and you want to make this the right way. We're going to help you get through it, and whatever, let's let's do it. Like everyone was on board, and I love that.
0: When this came out, Sean hit me up, and he and he (laughs) was like, "You got to see this." Like, yeah, really did. He really, really like. He was like, he he goes, did you hear about this?" Like, yeah, Sean, I heard about. He's like, "Well, you got to see it." He goes, "It's really, really good." Two episodes.
1: Um, Two episodes, and I knew it was something really there. You know what I mean? I mean, first of all, first main scene where, you know, where he basically jerks off on 85, that is, (laughs) if you're going to introduce your character to the (laughs) world, that was fucking brilliant. That was a brilliant, brilliant first, first real big scene in that series.
2: I'm telling you, man, the the writers, Pete, Dave, and Judah, these guys killed it. And
1: Jason Orley, the director,
2: legendary, like. It's just, like I said, surreal. These guys work and they know what they're doing, man. They're funny guys. Like there's nothing, no doubt about it. And not only was it funny, the drama part of it, like the second episode really hit home because I know this man for half my life and to really see it come to life and for him to be vulnerable and, and show these people like, hey, man, this is what I went through, but let's laugh about it. Let's Let's get over it and let's see who i am and why i am the way i am and for him to open up like that i felt like i even said it to him i cried at that second episode because uh he previewed that episode to me and a couple of the guys through from the cast uh, a couple of days before the premiere and it really hit home and he was like i want you guys to see it before because you understand who i am and you know so i wanted you to see it first and it, it really it was a great great episode the second one and I fell in love with the show right there, and that wasn't even episode I was in. I was like, "Dude, this episode's amazing! Like, you're gonna blow people's hearts away. You're gonna Take time. kill it."
1: And and it I
2: want
0: to. I don't want to keep hopping on that you're inexperienced, but this is this is like the mind-blowing part. This is where this should be a series on its own on, on you, okay? Because not only are you in it with these major stars, you're also a scene stealer. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're really, I mean, sure. we just say it's true when he's on screen and when he talks and says that? I don't know. Maybe because I kind of feel like a, a little bit of a connection to you because I know your mom pretty well, you know. <laughs> maybe. Um, and, and so, like, I'm rooting for you, you know. um But like, anytime you're on, I'm like, fucking guy, he's so good, you know. And he and he's likable, and he and he's, he's such a funny character. And like, Thank I want to, and I want to see more. That's the other thing. We
1: all have that one friend. We all have that one friend. Who's just like the character? Yes, yes. You know what I mean. It's like Jeff, who's your who's your guy? My guy. Who's my guy?
2: I got a couple guys. <laughs> like, I got a couple guys. There's
1: always one. There's always one space cadet out of the group. There's yeah. Always one <laughs> like guy that pushes the envelope a little bit. I. Yes. I, I think I'm Jeff's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm we'll Jeff's.
0: Crows Jr.
1: said, he's 20 years older than him. He's calling me (laughs) Jr. Hey, man, I'm trying
2: to give you a love here,
0: man. So, you you mentioned this also. I mean, a quick quick question. Lorne Michaels, is he a producer, executive producer of it? Yes. Okay. Was it weird with him being executive producer and Shane Gillis being in the series? Now, when I first met Shane, I didn't know...
2: Any of that story? I knew he was comedian, and um, I knew he was fucking hilarious.
1: Obviously, and hold on a
0: second, just for those that, that aren't familiar with this, this is, I mean, I'm talking to the audience here. Okay, yeah, for those that aren't familiar with it, Shane basically got railroaded. He was mm-hmm. cast. He got the part. He was going to be on Saturday Night Live. Yep. And then you had some asshole who's going to. I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at podcasts and take a joke out of content, and they and, and because you know it's NBC and it's, it's super, you know, PC, they cancel him, and he winds up getting the part rescinded, which is ridiculous because Shane is an incredibly talented guy. Incredibly. Funny, yep. funny, you know, would have been a star on, on Saturday Night Live, and then he gets kicked off before he even gets a chance to appear on one episode. Yeah,
1: his career, and now, he's done okay for himself. He's the doing but come on, he's You can watch Saturday
0: Night Live. And now listen, I don't think Saturday Night Live is, like, it, it was what it is. You know, or you know, it was much bigger back in the day than it is now. Cause, one, yeah, because one, because I just think there the, are too many cast members. Okay, yeah, but Shane Ch- Ch- would have stood Ch- out. Ch- so
2: how was that? When I when I met him, I had no clue about any of that, and um he, he was just a funny guy, and the things he would say were just so witty, and it was it was all like how incredibly fast he was with jokes at us, like little things, and you know he's a cool guy i'm I'm still in touch with him I, I actually asked him i was like man i gotta come see him on his tour because he's going crazy selling out shows yep. amazing um but then when i learned about it uh he was making actually a joke about it and uh i just was like wow this is crazy how the world works that something like that would happen but then it was explained and pete was like but you know this role is shane could kill this man like you know like let's not care about the past stuff let's not care about any of that let's let's see what the guy can do and when i was introduced to him i had no clue like it wasn't said or anything but then when the jokes were made and i found out i was like wow this is it's wild how the world works like i wouldn't expect that he's such a nice dude too i wouldn't think like anything who would cancel that dude he's a fluffy lovey man like come on man what the hell? like who would cancel this dude he's exactly. so cool
0: you know, when the way you're describing Pete and what he, you know, with you and Shane, he reminds me of like like the new Adam Sandler. You yes, know, sir. It's like I, I don't I don't think this is the peak for for Pete. I think it's it's far from it. I think, and I have a feeling he brings all his buddies along for the ride, just That's like one of Sandler my did. Things.
1: That's one of my favorite things. I mean, I, I always respected Kevin James too. Kevin James did the same thing. Where he yes. cast a lot of the same, a lot of his friends. He cast a Virginia and in, uh, you know, the grown ups movies, which he didn't have to do. You know, that's really, yeah. it's a great thing because you're, uh, you know, you can have actors and stuff like that. But like as far as comics go, we all know that our our main goal is to. Be fucking famous. Let's just be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do really good in comedy to either get onto an SNL or to get noticed for a TV part or a movie part, you know? And they're just they're all just helping out their friends who are fucking hysterical. It's it's a great thing.
2: Yeah. And like Pete has said it several times where he's like, you know, it's not, you know, I'm I'm up here, I'm doing my thing. I'm on my platform, but you know, I have to give credit when it's due. Like if there's a character that I'm curating after you, I have to at least give you an audition. So like I said, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had that opportunity, obviously. But at the same time, I spoke to him about it. and I had a conversation. I was like, you know, people are going to look at it as a handout. And he goes, who cares what people think? You earned it. And that really is what made me go, you know what? I did earn it because I did go on those auditions and I did prove myself that I could do it. You know, I proved it to myself and now I'm proving it to the world. And I think to have that opportunity is, like you you said before, Jeff, amazing. And it's once in a lifetime, one in a million percentile chance that I had the opportunity and I just went for it. And like I want to say to everyone who's listening that chase your dreams because you don't sit around and say, what if? Because that's what I don't want to ever do in my life. Sit around and go, what if? i go for it's it. The worst it's, thing,
0: right. it's the worst thing a person can do, regret exactly. its It's yeah. one—it's it's what kind of propelled me into doing comedy. I always wanted to do comedy, but I was more like you, you know, when I was a young, younger guy. I was more comfortable behind the scenes. I toured with fans yeah. and stuff. I didn't want to be out on stage. I just didn't – I didn't have the confidence really to do it. But then there Thanks. comes a point in your life where you're like, I have to try. I'd rather fail than – as opposed to saying, what if – you know selfish. that that that's the the biggest thing, uh, for me. I
2: said I said that too. I was like, you know, I'm not gonna ever live and go, you know, what if that like just go for it? And what's the worst they're gonna say? No, <laughs> it's not. I'm not gonna die. Next day, I'm gonna wake up. So, and thankfully, they didn't say no. So
0: I'm there. <laughs> you know, well, thank God. You, you know, you also said that you know you, you had to be lucky. Yeah, you have to be a little lucky. You know, yeah. You, but here's the thing: it wasn't a handout had you, you got an opportunity. what Pete did was give you an opportunity yeah. if you sucked if you got too nervous you know and wasn't able to work past it if you didn't put in the prep work to come back for those auditions okay mm-hmm. if you got the part and just said you know what I'm not even going to work at it because you you was just saying that how you would go in front of it, you know and run lines and run lines and, and take advice if so yeah. you put yourself in a position to be lucky all yeah. Pete did was give you an opportunity and that, you know and that's great Sometimes, you know, some people get that. Some people don't. There's that's the luck part. But the thing is, you know, you weren't lucky to get the role. You had to have talent to have to get that role. Yes, sir. Thank you. you you. I appreciate that. Well, it's it's the
2: truth. working, Working in this industry and to see it come to life and to be a regular person, quote unquote, a person who was just. You know, not really like, oh, knowing about the entertainment and, you know, that in depth and to see it come to life and the hard work I seen these legendary people putting in, I couldn't sit back and do nothing. Like I had to practice what you see on that screen, practice, practice, practice. I did not sit back one day and go, you know what? I'm tired. Like it was no being tired. I was getting up at 6 a.m. calls, get my ass to the Bronx, get into Long Island. Getting there and reading and reading and making sure that it felt as real as possible. Honestly, Why does everything got
0: to be filmed in the Bronx?
2: I don't know, man. Bronx, Queens, Long Island. Yeah. nothing's ever filmed um, in Staten Island or Woodbury. We did Staten Island too, but I feel like it was. It, it, it's a lot to do with you know the producers and what they can get uh, money wise, or what they, what do they call that? Not grants, um, permits, like permit wise. Uh, so there's a lot of different reasons. I don't know, but I agree. We need more stamina and love, man. That's why I'm trying to show it to people. I'm like, listen, I'm from here, man. Like, let's show some love. Like, let's get. I'm, some
1: develop- I'm developing a new show. It's called The Real Housewives of New Dorp. <laughs> I
2: love it. <laughs> That'd be a great one, actually.
0: I'd come. I come for an audition. <laughs> D- James, you, did did you catch Lord Michael's eye, and did he say anything to you at the premiere party?
2: At the premiere party. Um, I didn't get a chance to really talk to him. He was kind of like, I explain it. Like, it's kind of like, remind me of an Irishman, uh, a scene at the Irishman when they were all sitting at the table together. Like he was in the corner upstairs and he had like all these people around him. But um, you know, I spoke to Pete about it and Pete was like, yeah, no, he knows who you are and he likes your work. Don't believe me. He likes your work. If he didn't, you wouldn't be on that TV screen. And I was like, Okay, as long as the boss likes it, we're good. Like You know, uh, I didn't want to interrupt him. I'm not that type of guy to come up and go, hey, do you know who I am? Like, it's more <laughs> of a sense. Um, time will tell, and I will speak to him one day. I know it. I will will it into existence and keep doing what I have to do, keep my head down and focused and push. And I will have that meeting one day where I'm shaking his hand and he knows exactly who he's speaking to. So it will happen one day, but it hasn't happened yet. No,
0: sadly, you- but. So you didn't go up to him? So I would go up to him and I would, I would do something stupid. I, you know, I'd be like, you know, I'd do like a bad Hans and Franz impression. I'm here to pump you up. Hash, have fun. <laughs> hey, hey. <You> want
2: to <laughs> relaunch it? Yep. it? It's more like Jeff, Get the, the thought behind it with me was more of, I want to keep my job and let's have season yeah. two. <laughs> <I Yeah. was laughs> like, That's it. You know, let me keep my job. I'm I'm doing good so far. I can't. You know, mess anything up at that point. I can I see.
1: I can right. see fucking Jeff going. Hey, hey, Lauren. Um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know who I am, but I was. <laughs> I was. I was an Irishman. Goes, and, listen. Uh,
2: you don't know me. You don't know me. I'm Jeff. Uh, you don't you know, know I, don't, me. I
1: don't. I don't think you're doing. There's some, You know, if you want some notes, <laughs> him, I'm gonna get, I go up and give give him
0: notes. Right. Right. <laughs> Yo, listen, listen. I have this whole script. I think it'd be great for NBC. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm doing like a, a really hack. Like you know, De Niro, a little bit, little, little bit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know. So uh, a couple more things before we ha- we have to let you go because uh, yeah. we, we have still have to talk music. But um, but your pals were with, with, with Pete, and Pete's yeah. legendary now, known for uh, you know, his thing with women. Does it rub off on you? Uh, you know, have, you know, did, did you hook up? You know, anything when you could tell? You know, no oh, man, no, no, nothing no, no sloppy seconds me. or anything. No,
2: no, okay. that's not, that's not how we are, man. It's more of the when he what he does with his his women. He does, man. That's him, and I just respect him. We call him Pussy Thanos for a reason. That man collected all the Infinity Stones of women. That's funny. And, did and you we smell know... his
0: fingers at any point? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we at no, okay, point, okay. You know, fucking 14?
0: I'm just <laughs> like, I'm just checking. That's a, that why, that's not a legitimate question, Sean. <laughs> If you had the opportunity oh. to smell Pete's fingers, you wouldn't do it. No sure. way, man. No okay. way. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm I I probably to... would. Yeah, I probably okay. would. Yeah. You know what I... James, you oh, know what I did?
2: I'll give him a call later. I'm going to be like, yo, you know, Jeffrey Ball, man. Yeah, he's, he's going to say, fingers. who the fuck is
0: that idiot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One time, right? So I'm working... Um, I'm working... I think it was like uh, the Grammys or something. So maybe it was an ESPN. I was working on something. And I'm in the bathroom with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, God. Okay. Do, do you think I looked over and snuck a peek? No, of course you did. Of course I did. And <laughs> any and you too. If you were in my position, you would have done the exact same. No, thing. I would not have taken four no, time from have the throat, Jeffrey. You have a you have a chance to look at at Shaquille O'Neal's dick. You wouldn't look to just just to see just to see.
2: No man, yeah, like, not eye yeah, level, would, Jeff. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's probably eye level anyway. You would see the impact. Exactly. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, hey,
0: okay. I I, I had I had to look. Was, You're crazy, was,
2: man. Do you, do you I, still think about well, it? Although it I probably said, wasn't
0: that like subtle. It's probably like
2: Yeah, he's probably like this weird. He probably told a story about you online. oh like god, I can see
1: the whole thing. Him he's standing in front, he looks to the left, he looks down, he looks, up, he looks down, he looks, up, he looks up, and then he winks. <laughs> and then, he yeah. and then he puts his two-inch kilowatt back in his fucking
0: uh <laughs> um, Sean, if you had the chance just for the story, mm-hmm. Caitlin Geno, would you? No oh, God. Yeah, just why, for the story. Why not?
1: Okay, that, that's what I'm saying. So, it's the same thing. You a fucking gold medal winner? <laughs> would I? Have you? <laughs> no. There you go. No, just that's, just I, for the that's, 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 story. Um, you ever fucking on a Wheaties box? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I got to answer no <laughs> to these. Two, these two for boxes. two, motherfucker. <laughs> two yeah. for two, man. D-
0: these are... These are the type of, of, of scenarios that, that comedians talk about on long road trips. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is, so, no what's, this is bad. so What's the future hold for you, James? What what's what's the next step now?
1: You got an agent?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah. I am I am at an agency and um right now I am is since the writer strike is going on, it's you know, it's kind of a little dead right now, but I am on my grind and i'm focusing and i did two other auditions as of right now and uh see where that goes and right now i'm just focused on the next thing um i hopefully bupkis comes back around which i believe it will you know it's a great following
0: people, It got amazing buzz yeah, yeah
2: so like people are loving it certified fresh Ron tomatoes uh gave us a, a good score um
0: critically acclaimed
2: so Hopefully season two comes around and they have some room for krills in there. I believe they do. So that's something I'm looking very much forward to, too. But as of now, I am focusing on my acting career and taking it to the next level and keeping pushing on. That's it. And enjoying every moment of it because the journey is better than the destination, they say. So I want to enjoy every moment I can and just keep going with it.
0: Who gave you that advice?
2: My mother and
1: I'm a Jersey shore. That's what it sounds like. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: My yeah, mother gave okay. me that advice. Um, and Pete gave me advice uh just to he said, you know what, you're you're too good at this not to make it not for it to not be your career. He's like, You're you're just good at it, so you should keep working at it and doing it. So I was like, I have to, I have to do this. And I'm the type of guy where I'm a sponge, so I'm willing to learn, you know, willing to learn from different people, uh, take advice and, you know, admire and observe and just keep working on my craft. I'm going to do it. Keep my head low. I'm not here to, you know, make a fuss and be like, oh, hey, it's me. I really want to just focus and make people know me for the roles that I play and create a mystery behind who really James Simone is. I want you to like, eventually go, who is this guy? Because I remember him as this guy, but then I see him as this guy, like, as if you're watching a Leo or as you're watching an Al or you're watching a De Niro, where you go, who is he today?
0: You know, I want that mystery behind me, so I'm working for that. No, it'd be a great arc like, you see like, how nice he is now and humble. The next time we get you on the show, you start to- referring to yourself in the third person.
2: You'd be like, you know, James D. Simone's a great man. He is luscious hair.
0: <laughs> and the president of the James. <laughs> Who D. is Simone James D. Simone? Brands. Let's, <laughs> let's analyze James. Like, James D. What are the many sides of James D. Simone? And, 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 and you can have a not even a cigarette, a Cigarillo, you know? Yeah, I'll be <laughs> Hollywood <that>. bad boy. <laughs> Hollywood bad boy, James D. Simone
2: yeah, I'll just be dropping names with so i and be like, Yeah, I was with Leo the other day. You know, <laughs> yeah, right, DiCaprio. right, he,
0: right, he, right. It's, it's <laughs> like like you're too young to remember, but like on, on the tonight show, it's like guys would come out and like you would know, like, so you know, it was, it was me, Bobby De Niro, uh yeah, he's yeah, like, like Bobby, like we, we get it, you know, him. know him. And like we and we as a kid, it, you know was, him, right? And as a kid, you would sit there and go, Oh shit, he knows he knows him. He know he yeah, referred to him as Bobby, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, you know
2: what? We've had conversations where Pete has dropped names before, and I've been like, who the hell are you talking about? And then he'll say a last name, and I go, oh, why didn't you just say it? He's like, oh, I'm just, you know, you know, and we laugh about that. So I get those jokes. Those are fun
0: <laughs> when people drop names. Did you get any cool perks, like tickets to a game or anything?
1: or among- Nah,
2: man. The, the perk to me was just being able to be there, you know? <laughs> just... Being being let onto the set and not thrown off by security, you know that that was my perk. I was like, wow, they they really, I really got the role. I thought it was a dream. It's like they're allowing me here.
0: All right, so we got a couple of minutes. The name of our show is Who's Your Band, and you yeah. you started out by talking about uh, you met Peep and you were DJ, you were DJing or doing something about music. What
1: kind of I music? I was making music.
0: Okay, so what kind of music are you into? So I grew up
2: listening to like a lot of hip hop so like biggie smalls big l Tupac uh Eminem um Fat Joe Jada kiss um then we started going into like R and B where I was listening to Tank um Chris Brown uh Party Next Door um who's that other guy there's a lot of different a lot of different guys I was listening to you just
0: made me feel so fucking old I, I knew <laughs> I, Sean, do you know Tank? No. You don't know Tank? You don't know Tank? Tank is you, old. Tank is old. Bro. No, no, I don't he's know not
2: t- old, but he's like really yeah, like... A, well, I heard he's like from
0: like, like, like 2013. No, you know that, I mean, no. that's how old come out. He's, he's like he's soul old.
2: music, Tank. If you look up Tank, he's like making love music, dude. Like, it's different. You're
0: talking you mean
1: like, like Teddy Pendergrass? I
2: remember
0: Teddy Pendergrass. I remember Teddy.
2: Uh, he was... <laughs> no, I, I like uh hip hop, R&B, but I also like a lot of like Afrobeat, like Nigerian music. I like um, reggae, um, rock. I listen to all different types. I just don't listen to country. It's nothing against country. It's just, I just don't like it. I don't play it on my playlist. But um, if we're talking about favorite rock band, I stay in classical. So I love Led Zeppelin. Second would come uh Black Sabbath. Um, newer generation. I like Disturbed. Um, That's really Metallica, but that's not new. You know Metallica. Metallica is amazing all on its own. Uh, Megadeth. That's like when I go really hardcore rock. That's when I'm in the gym. Um, ACDC. Iron Maiden, I need to listen to. I haven't really put you, much you into You really there. do. Because uh, a lot of people... I just look at your shirt too, and you said it before you love Iron Maiden. But a lot of people tell me to listen to that, but I haven't got around to that yet. I'm kind of stuck in still that Led Zeppelin classical vibe. And I just put on the old Pink Floyd album because I haven't heard it in years. So I'm trying to deepen, in, uh, dig into that right now. Just kind of like throwing myself into all stuff. You know, I've been staying away from the Beatles though, because like everyone pushes the Beatles on everyone. I'm like, you know what, dude? Like I've heard so much of that. So. The closest I'm getting to the Beatles, which is not even close, is, like, the Eagles. But I love the Eagles, too. They're a great band. I forgot to say that, too. The Eagles, like, crazy. Great, great songwriters.
0: Does any music, like, put you in a head, uh, in, in, a, in a space where it helps you, like, with your acting or, you know, just kind yeah. of, like, get, get you in? What's your go-to uh, music, then, for that? A- it might
2: sound weird. It might sound crazy to people. But... The song that got me through, uh, Buckkiss, there was a couple songs, but number one song was Hotel Lobby by Quavo and Takeoff, rest in peace, uh, Takeoff. Um, if you listen to that, it's me and Derek Gaines' song. It explains the whole vibe of us and why we were so laughy and jumpy. And, um, when you listen to that Hotel Lobby, you're, you'll get what I mean. Um, and a lot of people will probably laugh, but Drake got me through on those scenes too. I would listen to, uh, Well, If you're reading this, it's uh, Too Late, Uh, that album. I listened to the Honestly Nevermind album, which was his dancey album. So I was kind of like on a hip-hop R&B kick when I was on set. And it got me into krills and into that vibe.
0: That helps you get into your
1: character, right? Yeah,
2: definitely. Most definitely. You put on some Drake or you put on some like Migos or even Old School Eminem got me through too. Old School
1: Eminem, huh? Yeah.
2: Well, Slim Shady, Eminem, Slim oh, Shady, Eminem. I'm a prick. <laughs> I, I like that. stuff. It, I'm aging him. He's like you prick. <laughs> <laughs> I like um. What well, what was the song that got me through? there was a Mob Deep song, "Hell on Earth," um, "Frontline." That song uh, was played a lot too.
0: A lot of hip hop, I'd say. That's kind of consistent with the character. Were you um? Did you do scenes? Did you like uh? Did you know uh? Nico, Nico White. I
2: love Nico White. Nico White is a very good friend of mine. He he is a hilarious guy. I, I wanted him to be in it more. I was kind of like, yo, he's so funny, dude. Like just a little like looks he gives and stuff. I loved it.
0: I did it during the pandemic. I did a movie with him. Okay. Okay. We did a movie called uh, Midlife. And okay. so, so I got to uh, shoot, I think, two scenes with him in that. I know Nico for a long time. You know, he he actually kind of reminds me a little bit of you. Um, Nico, in, in, in the way that he's—he's he's a young guy with an old soul. Yeah, that, that I, I hear sense. that a lot. And I hear he, that a lot. You know, and like Nico, I know his mother is a huge influence in his life. And just like you, you come from a Thanks. you know great family. a strong mother, who, who who you listen, you could have taken any. Like I said, anybody to the premiere, you took your mother. Yeah, you know that's that's that's, that's, that's that shows you you're a good weird. kid. All right, James, we really appreciate you coming out and doing this with us. It was really cool getting to know you a little bit, man. It it was a pleasure. I had a great time.
2: And you guys, you guys talk to me whenever, man, Sean, you grab my number too. you guys text me whenever, man, like we could do whatever, get some drinks or something.
1: Absolutely. Are you old enough to drink, James? (laughs) I'm 28, (laughs) man. I'm 28 over here.
0: (laughs) Your brother's older (laughs) than you, right? Say again? Your brother's older than you.
2: Yeah,
0: my brother's older than me. Right, and I heard I heard he was like, he he was like really excited when you got the paw and everything. They oh like, yeah, and then when and then there's another thing. Okay, I'm just dropping stuff because you know I you know me and your mom were talking, and everything she tells me is just like it is. It's just so nice to hear. I mean, genuinely. Sometimes if like if it was Sean, I'd be fucking jealous. Out like I I would resent him. OK, I, I
1: would. How I would can like,
2: you hate Sean? I love this guy. No, you know right? why? You <laughs> know why?
1: Because he knows that I'd be the Vinny Chase and he'd be fucking turtle. That's that's, <laughs> that's the, what bothers him the most.
0: Yeah. Because like like to his face, I would be like, hey, Sean, really
1: happy for you. you know? like, and then, really and then deep down you, inside, I'd <laughs> fucking hate him. You know, I listen. I would have no fucking issues with that at all. For, the funny thing is, like, you actually think that when I make it, like, I'm ever gonna talk to you again. I ain't fucking Pete. I'll be, be I'll, like, oh, like, uh, uh, like, uh, can, can I put uh, Jeff Paul on my show? Oh, no, Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> who? Exactly. You'd never hear from me again. Pete is a better person than I am. they
0: tell your mother all the time, I say, if it comes around for me again, and anything that I tell that I tell her, go, everybody is dead to me okay it's like
1: d- don't don't
0: contact me don't call me i'm not gonna acknowledge anybody i, I never wish more success on like.
1: you in my entire life
0: <laughs> dude you
2: know it's funny like the the thought does cross your mind you know you're just like should i even
0: talk to these people you're like come on and then you go oh. so you know yeah. what no, that reminds me did anybody was anybody kind of like a dick to you And then all of a sudden you got a little bit of a heat going and all of a sudden, Hey James, you know, what's up buddy?
2: Yeah. Uh, I've had that already. And you know, it's, if you focus on that, I I was actually talking to my mother about that. If you focus on that, that could consume you, that can consume your day. So if you really just look at it from where it's coming from and going, "Mm, okay, like, And what I've learned, especially from doing this, is that, you know, these people are letting us into their homes every day. You know, they're watching Bubkiss And I don't know I'm in their homes, but I'm in their lives when when they're watching this. So they feel like it's just, I'm just going to say whatever to the guy, even though I haven't spoken to him in seven years or something, you know. So, or I never gave him a look in my life, but yet I'm saying he's the best and he's my friend and this. And, you know, so you got to kind of just brush it off and go. You gotta see where it's coming from, man. And kind of like laugh and go, you know what? Damn, I made it. You know what I mean? I, I did it. I did it, man. For them to be hitting me up, I, I did it. So that's a I could say that's a perk too, because it kind of gets me going and just like, you know, pushes me to be better at this and keep doing it. Cause I kind of want to be in their households even more. I want their mother talking about me, going, you know that James D. Simone, I seen him on this and I love him. So I want that. The uh, more success like
0: you get, the more you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get haters you're going yep. to get phony people, you yep. know, and you always, you know, you got to have like your core. I think, I think that's the thing with what what Pete sees in you, you guys yeah. were friends since you're 14, 15 years old. You, you you don't, you're not a guy who has a handout. You're not, you're not looking for anything. You didn't want anything. You didn't yeah. ask to, to, to for the audition and it just came to you. And, and then when you got it, you couldn't be more grateful to it. Yeah. I think that, I, that, that's I... the thing but you, but you're not always going to have people like that in
1: your life. You're going to be in my core, Jeff. You're in my core.
2: You gotta, you gotta take it as that. (laughs) You gotta take it as like, you know, which I take it as that
1: you know, I'm blessed and,
2: you know, to have a friend like Pete and to have the people who are around me, my friends that, you know, aren't doing the entertainment industry who are doing jobs like, you know, bioengineer or whatever, just being, you know, functioning in society and, those people ground me my family and my friends and obviously Pete's part of that group so I want to keep my group the group and if we meet new friends we do but we don't like phony people here so I'm always going to be me and humble and I want to spread that I want to create that positivity so I can have the right people attract to me and never have the wrong you know you know like that vibe I don't want that bad vibe because misery loves company and I don't want that company man I just want to be around people who want more out of life and let's help each other you know that's why like when i was contacted my mother told me about this and she was like you know jeff is going to uh, text you i said yeah give him my number like anything to meet new people who are interested in the same thing i am especially comedy like i want to grow closer to the community because yeah i might not be a stand up comedian but i am in love with that art form and i want to learn more and you never know maybe one day i'll give it a try but as of now i know my lane and i want to respect it and watch from afar and do my acting and you know watching you know stand-up does help with comedy acting because that's the core of comedy right there you guys are the backbone to comedy so the writers are actual stand-up comedians and you go wow this is why that show worked this is why that comedy worked so i want to get a lot of
0: yeah you know what we get a lot of is like um i did a bunch of commercials and, mm-hmm. you, know, a lot, you know, I did like I think one nationwide commercial for Ford and then I did a bunch of like regular like, you know, local uh, stuff. You know, it, it, it pays a couple of bucks. But yeah, the thing is, when it comes to commercials, they do like hiring uh, comedians because the people who really write the copy for the commercials are basically ad guys who are not really writers. As comedians, you know, and, and unless like yeah, you know, you're I guess like a more of like a physical prop comic, you're you know, we write. That's what we do. We write, we write all the time. Sometimes it's shit, sometimes it's it's good, but we're constantly writing. I think we could write and, and punch up what they want. All you gotta do is sometimes, you know, you gotta hit this thing, this mark, and this mark. If you can bring these things elements into uh the commercial, I remember I did something for Empire, Empire Flooring. Mm-hmm. and i think i improved, you know hey wood is good you know you go with wood i think i kept i kept rhyming wood and okay like, hey, that's really <laughs> funny that's good and i wound up getting getting the the pod.
2: there you go and that's what that's why i'm i'm with the writers with the with the writer strike like you know all power to them they aren't paid the right way they should be you know given the right uh amount for what they do they are the backbone so you know shout out to all the writers who going through what they're going through now. And we hope the strike does end and comes to a good conclusion. And I just want to say my heart goes out to all of them. And, you know, I just want to see more and more movies and more series and more comedy. And I want to, you know, enjoy and I want the people to see what these people could bring to life. So let's let's go, man. I want I want this world to just keep moving and have more comedy in life. I love it. And I can't thank everyone enough for the opportunity and just to be a part of Bupkus was incredible. So can't wait for future and to see what comes with this. So thank you guys for having me. Seriously, well, is amazing. Awesome. Oh, it's pleasure.
0: We wish you nothing but success. And, you know, really, man, you're, you're a great kid. And you know, you. I, I really want to see you do well. I really, really you, man. do, man. That, that'd that be uh, awesome. All right. Uh, yes. yeah. Thank you again once again. Sean, sure, any parting words, anything words of wisdom?
1: Yes, my dear friend opening up his new comedy club in two weeks, the Laughing Stock Comedy Club, mm-hmm. right outside of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Opening weekend is July 15th and uh, June 15th and 16th, right? That's right. Go to uh, yeah. laughingstockcc.com.
0: Very cool okay. to, get, to get tickets. All I right. got to check it
2: out. I'm going to text you, Jeff, about
0: that anytime, man. We'll Let's take deal, care of man. you. Guys,
2: have a great night and thank you for everything. It was a blessing. Thank you. See. Be
0: well. Guys, we will catch you next time on Who's Your Band?